to the 68th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. Before we get started, our usual disclaimer, heavy spoilers ahead. Turn back now if you haven't seen these movies. This week we're talking about a lesser known series of films. It's the Wishmaster franchise. There are four movies total. The first one, Wishmaster from 1997, directed by Robert Kurtzman, who has done tons of movies and tons of special effects uh, on things such as Nightmare on Elm Street, Evil Dead, Phantasm, Halloween, From Dust Till Dawn, Cabin Fever, Hostel, etc. Wes Craven also executive produced this movie. We talked about him, as you'll recall, two weeks ago when we did The Hills Have Eyes, and then previously when we did Scream, and we haven't done um, an episode on Nightmare on Elm Street yet, but we'll get to that soon. This is the only movie in the franchise that Wes Craven is attached to. Wishmaster was written by Peter Adkins, starring a surprising number of horror icons before they became famous. Tammy Lauren is the uh, lead character as Alexandra. Andrew Diveth plays the Jinn, or and also Nathaniel Demarest, and he stars in the first two movies. Kane Hodder, which you'll recall we talked about during Jason, during um, Friday the 13th and Hatchet. Tony Todd, who is of course in Candyman Hatchet. Robert England, Friday the 13th. It was Freddie, among other things. Reggie Bannister from Phantasm. Ted Raimi, who is from The Evil Dead. He plays the assistant that got killed when the they were unloading the statue from the ship and it fell on his head. Narration by Andrew, Scr- I'm sorry, Angus Grimm, who you will recall from Phantasm, The Tall Man. Music by Henry Manfredini. And he scored over 100 films, including almost all the Friday the 13th franchises. So that's it for the first movie. The second movie, Wishmaster 2, Evil Never Dies from 1999. So two years later, this was a made-for-TV movie. Directed and written by Jack Shoulder. Produced by Tony Amaluto. Starring again Andrew Diveth as the Wishmaster. With Paul Johansson as the priest. Holly Fields as Morgana and Bochum Woodbine. Music this time by David C. Williams. And Wishmaster 3, Beyond the Gates of Hell from 2001, so it's at uh, three years later. Also a direct-to-video movie directed by Chris Angel. No, not the magician Chris Angel. Different person. Written by Alec Wright, starring Jason Connery, who is Sean Connery's son. He played professional Professor Joel Barish and A.J. Cook, who you'll remember probably from Criminal Minds. Um, Tobin Mueller, who plays her boyfriend Greg, and Michael the Archangel. Louisette Geis, who plays her best friend Katie. And John Novak plays a gin here. Music is by Daryl Bennett and Jim Guttridge. And then lastly, Wishmaster 4, The Prophecy Fulfilled from 2002. So one year later, this was also a direct-to-video movie. Again, directed by Chris Angel, written by John Benjamin, starring Michael Trucco, Tara Spencer-Narn, 
Joseph Thompson, and music again by Daryl Bennett and Jim Guttridge. Where to find these movies? Well, Tubi has all four movies. Amazon has the first one on Prime, and three and four are $4 each. It does not have uh, Wishmaster 2. And then you can find them in the usual places for $4 each. YouTube, Google Play, or Vudu. They are not on Hulu, Netflix, or Shudder. Rotten Tomatoes scores. The first Wish Wishmaster, critics gave it a 26. Audiences gave it a 38. So not very high to start with. The second one, uh, critics gave it a 10%. Audiences gave it a 29. The third one was not rated by critics. That was uh, directed TV. Audiences gave it a 17%. And Wishmaster 4, critics gave it a 20%. Audiences gave it a 23%. So all pretty low. On to the plot. From the first Wishmaster movie, IMDb says... A demonic djinn attempts to grant its owner three wishes which would allow him to summon his brethren to earth. So in ancient Persia in the 1100s, a djinn has been set loose by a ruler. According to legend, God breathed life into the universe and in doing so created the light that gave birth to angels, the earth that gave birth to man, and the fire that birthed the djinn, a type of creature condemned to dwell within the void between worlds. Notably, the jinn has no power on his own. He can only use his power to grant wishes. And he says in the first movie, do you know how frustrating it is to have unlimited power and only be able to use it when some worm asks you for something? While granting three wishes seems to be a good gig, the jinn technically grants them, but then he turns them into something horrible. So, for example, one guy wants to be rich, so his mother dies in a plane crash and he inherits money. Then we have one guy, Tony Todd, who wishes to have a more exciting life and Wishmaster locks him into a water torture trap like the one Harry Houdini used. One woman says she wants to live forever, so he turns her into a mannequin. Um, so in each one of these movies, the djinn is after a woman who is responsible for setting him free. I'm not sure why um, he can only grant her three wishes, but who knows. Anyway, Alexandra comes up with a clever solution in the end after she finds out what's really going on. And she wishes that the drunk guy who was unloading the crate from the ship that contained the statue um, Ahura Mazda that had the um, jewel inside where the djinn was confined. She wishes that that guy was never drunk and so what happens is that rewrites the history and so that puts him back in the uh, whatever sapphire, ruby, opal, I'm not sure what it is. Um, so that's how he gets back in at the end of the movie. Just a side note about Ahura Mazda Zoroastrians believe in one god called Ahura Mazda, meaning wise lord. He's compassionate, just, and is the creator of the universe. And he is uh, omnipresent, uh, omnipresent, and he knows everything. Now to the second movie plot, Wishmaster 2. 
IMDB says the evil Jin is awakened once more and must collect a thousand wood souls. Excuse me to begin the apocalypse. So basically, this is the same movie as the first, except they threw in that thing about a thousand and one souls. I'm not sure why they made the movie again. Um, the Wishmaster again finds a woman who has released him. This time, her name is Morgana, and she was involved in art theft. Uh, in which her boyfriend was killed. This time around, Wishmaster stops in a prison and a casino. Uh, that's because he needs those 101 souls before he can grant her three wishes, and then the djinn will take over the world. As soon as Morgana figures out what's up, she, copies, she contacts her boyfriend, who is now a priest. I'm not sure what he's supposed to do about the situation, because the djinn aren't in the Bible, so... I don't know. In the end, she ends up citing some spell that once again puts him back in the sapphire. The third movie, Wishmaster 3 Beyond the Gates of Hell, IMDb says, The evil Jin is back again, this time wreaking havoc on the students of Illinois' Baxter University. Really, the only thing going for this movie is the lead, A.J. Cook. Um, the plot, again, very slim, similar. Uh, this time the djinn is released by her, uh, and he is actually in a puzzle book. Her, uh, the professor she works for is doing an exhibit on Persian antiquities. And the sapphire is hidden inside the puzzle box instead of previously where it was a statue. And this time around, A.J. Cook, who plays Diana Collins, defeats the djinn by first summoning the archangel, Michael, who inhabits her boyfriend's body after he gets killed. And he has a sword, but the only catch with that is only the sword can defeat the djinn because they're immortal, but she has to stab him with the sword herself. She can't have Michael do it. So... She finds a way out of the trap at the end. She jumps off the building to kill herself. The djinn tries to stop her. She stabs him with the sword. And then Diana dies, but Michael sheds a tear, which falls onto her, and that brings her back to life. And also, boyfriend Craig is brought back to life, and Diana finally tells him she loves him, and that's the end of the movie. <coughs> now to the fourth movie... Wishmaster 4, The Prophecy Fulfilled, IMDb says, This time the djinn unleashes his undying love for a beautiful woman in, her final, in his final attempt to unleash the brethren from hell. So Lisa and Sam are a couple, and he has an accident that leaves him paralyzed. Their relationship is on the skids, and uh, they are, they've contacted a lawyer to try to get some sort of settlement for his injury. So the woman, Lisa, is pursued by the lawyer, Steve, who actually is the gen who ripped off the guy's face and then put it on. He does that a couple of times. That's a pretty cool effect. And this time around, the gen has fallen in love with what they call the waker, who is the person who releases him from the jewel. A guy named Hunter shows up at some point uh, to try to kill Lisa before she can make her third wish. I assume he's an angel, but maybe I missed it. I don't remember anything really specifically about what he was up to, um, except that he has a sword with him again, and he ends up getting stuck with the sword and evaporating. 
A trio of gin intermittently show up to encourage our gin to get on with it. And Lisa finds another loophole like everybody else in the series. And this time her third wish is, I wish I could love you for who you really are. But in doing that wish, that's one that the Wishmaster can't grant and that only Lisa can do. So that's how it got around it. Um, eventually, boyfriend Sam shows up. He's able to walk now, thanks to one of her previous witch wishes. And he gets a sword through the chest. Then Lisa pushes the djinn onto the same sword. And he is transported back to Jinland, And Sam dies. This time, the leading character does not come back to life. And Lisa thinks back to when they were happier together when they moved into their new house. And she walks down the street. That's the end. I Dream of Genie. That's because I couldn't find the uh, opening credits and a downloadable MP3 for Wishmaster. So on to trivia. The first movie had a budget of five million and made fifteen million. The second had a budget of two point five million. Nothing on the third or fourth movie since they were direct to TV. Director Robert Kurtzman was the guy killed by a piano at the gala in the first movie, and many of the crew members had small roles and played multiple characters. Here's something interesting. One of the statues at Raymond Beaumont, that was the character played by Robert England's room uh, that has all the statues in it. One of them is a statue of Pazuzu, who is from, of course, The Exorcist from 1973. And I already said that this uh, movie featured a number of famous people that have been in other horror movies, so I won't go over that again. Um, parts of the movie play homage to the series The Twilight Zone from 1959. The character's named Beaumont. That's for Charles Beaumont, who was a frequent writer on the show. The Jeanne line, Going My Way, when he stops Alexandra in a car, is a reference to Season 1, Episode 16, The Hitchhiker where a mysterious man continually plagues a female driver with the line, I believe you're going my way. And then the scene with the shop attendant wishing for eternal beauty when she's transformed into a mannequin echoes season one, episode 34, The After Hours, where a female shopper is revealed to be one of the store's mannequins made human. Uh, here's a quote from Robert uh, Kurtzman from 2009 for Backwoods Horror. He says, Wishmaster was a great experience. I had a very short schedule and had to deliver the film into theaters in six months, start to finish, so it was very stressful but very, very fulfilling. 
Sam Raimi actually recommended me for the film, and after a half dozen meetings the studio, with the studio, I got the job. I had to go and pitch my take on the film and the design. We shot in 33 days in L.A., which was tough as we had dozens of locations around the city, so we had a lot of moving to do. We had hundreds of FX, which was a bit of a challenge as the schedule was tight. I was very lucky to find Andrew Divoff and, Lauren, and Tammy Lauren. Divoff is a close friend who I enjoy working with on whatever we find together. We now have this second hand when we work together. Um, according to a 2016 interview with Pop Horror, it took 3.5 hours to get into costume and 1.5 to get out for Andrew Duvoff to change into the gym. According to director Kurtzman on the Blu-ray special features, the studio originally wanted Dinah Mayer to play the role of Alexandra. And Wishmaster 2... Here's something I didn't know. Actor Corey Haim made an uncredited appearance as a burglar in the museum scene as a joke for his girlfriend at the time, Holly Fields, and of course she's the one who played Morgana. Andrew Divoff, who of course plays the Jen, um, does not blink one time while he is on screen, either as Jen or as his human counterpart. At one point, he does a scene that's two to three minutes long, and he doesn't blink at all, which is pretty freaky. Cinematographer Jacques Hatkin also shot the original, previously collaborated with director-writer Jack Shoulder on A Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and in the movie The Hidden. During his interview for the documentary Behind the Curtain Part 2 for 2012, actor-director, I'm sorry, writer-director Jack Shoulder had this to say about the film. That's one that I have very mixed feelings about because there are parts that I really like, but I think all in all it's a little dumb. To tell you the truth, I haven't seen it since I made it. When I was making it, I thought it was good. I thought it was, a lot of it was kind of funny and clever. I definitely felt it had merit, but from what I gather, it's one of those films that divides people. Some people don't like it, others do. And as you know, it's also a sequel to a movie that I thought wasn't a very good movie to start with. It's a movie that I had and I don't, that I did and I don't regret doing it. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I think is pretty good for it. Uh, like the scene in the casino, I think that's pretty good, even though maybe it comes off as being silly. Most interior sets were built in the Old May Company downtown Los Angeles, like the finale casino scene, the gin world, and some other sets. This movie originally premiered on Showtime. It later commonly aired on sci-fi through the early 2000s in marathons along with the original and the two other sequels. Wishmaster 3. Andrew Divoff was set to reprise his role as Jin and had even written an original draft, but the producers decided to go with Alex Wright's script instead, and Andrew hated it and so left the franchise. Wishmaster 3 was filmed back-to-back -back with Wishmaster 4. There was a weekend break between the two films, and both the third and the fourth films were shot on a tight 16-day schedule. The third 
movie was filmed in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And many people have commented that it's a very similar rehash to the first movie. All of these movies are pretty... The plot is very similar. Uh, both the third and the fourth film has been noted as going more of an action fantasy route as opposed to horror fantasy. Um, both films have been noted for their Cinemax late night programming type vibes, which includes cheesy acting, softcore style nudity, and low budget filmmaking. I don't have any trivia on Wishmaster 4. So why should you watch these movies? I'm not sure you should. Many people either don't know about the franchise or they really don't like the movies. Um, they weren't great, but I have definitely seen worse. And they have a few interesting ideas in them. Um, I like the character of the Jin and Nathaniel. I think Andrew Divoff did a great job. That was really the highlight of the series. He is both menacing um, and he has a creepy voice and he speaks very slowly and his smile also freaks people out so I thought that was the best thing about it the Jin's design is very cool he has that uh, whatever those horn tentacles something on his head he has a red body and yellow and red eyes and before this franchise I don't think a Jin was ever featured in a horror movie uh, while in the Western culture, we think of genies from like I Dream of Genie, which is why I played the theme a minute ago, or Robin Williams in the, as the Blue Genie in Aladdin, they in fact originate from pre-Islamic Mesopotamian mythology and later Islamic traditions. There are supposedly five classes of jinn. Two are, and I'm going to butcher these words, Shaitan, S-H-A-I-T-A-N, and Ifrit, I-F-R-I-T. They are considered evil. The other three classes may be good or evil depending on the path they choose. Jin can shapeshift, fly, and make themselves invisible. They can also possess people. Exorcism occurs by reading the passages out of the Quran to the affected person. They can haunt places. For some reason they are repelled by salt and iron. I don't know why. Stories about them may be told as boogeyman stories by parents to keep their kids in line. And some people believe in jinn the way other people believe in angels. So my suggestion is, if you want to get an idea of this franchise, just watch the first movie. And skip the other three. Okay, on to the recipe of the week. No surprise, I did the recipe for a genie in a bottle cocktail from the Food Network. It is super easy to prepare. Uh, let me pull it up here. So, you need a half ounce of rum, a half ounce of um, frangil frangelico, and that is a hazelnut liqueur. Uh, and it comes in a bottle that looks like a little monk, because the monks used to make it. Um, so I, I don't really, I've never had that, so I think I would like to try that. Um, you need two ounces of orange juice, not concentrate, a splash of cranberry juice, and a fresh strawberry for garnish. And of course, you just mix all that stuff together, 
put the strawberry on it and there you go so that is a genie in a bottle cocktail let's see what else um Sorry, my computer's having problems. It's taking me a second. Get back to my page. And lastly, uh, where to find us? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. We need all the help we can get. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. Contact us by email at foodandfright at gmail.com or check out our website at foodandfrighteningfilm.podbean.com So in conclusion, watch out for genies. If you see one in a gym, do not release him because you'll be sorry. And also, remember to wear your mask. It's not a political statement. Uh, remember to social distance and stay safe out there. Until next week, bye.